huge, gigantic thank you to our new patrons, Susan Paget, Tanner Black, Wyatt Pitsaros, Tyler Matznick, Ghosty, Sean Webb, Ian Sharp, Michaela Bustamente, Tessa Roo, Sarah T, Legally Bookish, Stacia Kissick-Jones, and Luke Neff. Folks, you are the avocado on our toast. Click on the link in the description to support Book Reviews Kill and gain access to deleted scenes and exclusive full-length episodes. Hello and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, science fiction, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, fresh off its debut episode, House of the Dragon has already been approved for a second season. So if you were worried about not getting that second season, rest easy, you will get it. I'm trying to not get anything spoiled for me because I still haven't watched the first episode, but... It's kind of difficult now because everybody's really excited about it. <laughs> it's like everywhere I look, people are talking about House of the Dragon. It kind of reminds me in high school of Lost if I missed a week. It was like I just had to like walk through the hallways like not talking to anybody because right. everybody was talking about it. I was like, no, 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 no. But for everybody listening, cool little announcement here. Chad and I are going to be doing one episode per episode of the show. Little review episodes, little nuggets. Little yeah, fun size episodes. Yeah, I think like 15, 20 minutes probably per episode. I can't imagine we'll need to dig in that much longer, but I mean, oh, maybe man. we will. We're going to go know. down some yeah, rabbit holes. We're going <laughs> like, to go down some dragon holes. I know. I'm kind of worried that like we're going to start off trying to do 15 or 20 minute little bite size episodes, and then I'm going to look at an hour and a half episode to edit per. But whatever. How, however long it is, is how long it is. But Chad and I are going to do a little episode per episode so tomorrow i'm gonna watch both i guess because one aired tonight right i believe so yeah have you watched any of it at all i've watched the first one and i'm kind of jealous that you get to watch two in a row okay don't tell me anything please oh my god I've just can i just like... say like my opinion no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> okay okay I won't, I won't i won't oh this won't ruin anything this won't ruin anything they're just like awesome dragons oh yeah i figured yeah just awesome dragons and it's really cool i'm pretty excited because the you know how you don't see anything specific on the internet, but you just feel like through osmosis, you know, you can just feel the vibe of something. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of just tell the excitement level about something. Kind of like Pokemon Go. You could just like feel the world being stoked about it. Okay. Can we talk about Pokemon Go for a second? Dude, let's um, talk about Pokemon Go for a second. <laughs> we kind of like all just forgot that that was a phenomenon. Like, okay. what? That was really weird when it came out, obviously. And I know I know that a lot more a lot of people are still playing it. And more power to you. Play that game. Which is always crazy to me when I find someone like, really? Still, huh? I think a lot, a lot of people are playing Pokemon Go. I think Go. you're right. But anyway, I, I was really excited for Pokemon Go because I was under the impression that it was going to be like playing the Game Boy games, but out in public. So you'd just be walking around and then you get like a... Like on your phone... And then you open up your phone and you're like in a Pokemon battle with some augmented reality Pokemon in front of you on your phone. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's what the game was. And I was like so ready for uh -huh. it. And then I downloaded it and walked around and I was so excited. And it was just like, whatever that game is, you're just like catching Pokemon. Yeah. And it, it's not bad. This is not what I thought it was going to be. You were a little disappointed. How long did you play it for? Like a day or two. Oh, wow. I hit it pretty hard. Did you really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is it deeper than what I'm saying it is? Is it? Oh, no. It's pretty much just walking <laughs> around catching. And, like, you can take... I mean, they've added to it, I think. Like, I played it for, a, like, two months. You know, they added, like, gyms. So you can go over and, like, take over gyms. And then you can, like, own that gym until someone else takes it from you. And there are some that are, like, hotly contested. Like, you know, if they're 
popular areas in town and stuff. For a while there, though, it was nuts. Like you could go down to the old mill, which is like a really popular shopping district in Bend, and you could see hundreds of people. Yeah, they were walking everywhere. around playing Pokemon. They were just like looking at their phone. Were people getting hit by cars and stuff? It was like yeah, a so problem. I, I just looked up. Um, <laughs> no, do you, you want to guess how many deaths <laughs> between 2016 and 2022 there have been due to it? Ah, uh, man, this this took a morbid turn. Uh, it did. I, I don't know. It's, it's been 10? 22. Oh my god! And six, sixty-one injuries. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Everyone's like walking around. Yeah. And you have to go to where the thing is. You can't just. Man, how do we get from House of the Dragon to Pokemon? Um. They're both really worth talking about. Oh yeah, cultural okay. juice. Like you could feel it in the air. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think it was driving that probably did it. Like there was a while that I would be like driving through the old mill, like because you get to a there's spots that you can collect. You like spin these little things when you walk past them, and you collect like balls and all sorts of special power-ups from it and if you drive through like the old mill a popular spot here in town there was tons of them and so you could drive really slow and like get them all and i think that would i think a lot of other people certainly not me did that are you not (laughs) fighting the pokemon ever well i mean fighting them you're just like throwing balls at them and then you could like you get pretty skilled at throwing them like you do curveballs and like (laughs) there's a little circle that like goes in and out and like how big it is like depends on how uh like i still think my idea is better it really is. I got really I good at throwing those balls. Cool. My one of my friends has all of. The, he collected all of them. Matt, the guy that was in my um, wow, of my, course, Matt my video of the guy, the guy at Powell's, my drunk friend at Powell's video. Uh, yeah, Matt has all of them because he went to Japan on vacation and then it, he was in Europe for a second. Wow, and some of them it, are world specific. It's like the it's like the McDonald's monopoly thing where like it's all uh, location based. So you can you could buy as many Big Macs as you want, but you're not going to get all the pieces. You got to go to like every McDonald's in the country to get all the monopoly pieces. Oh. You know, <laughs> I remember when I heard about that, I was crushed. Like sixteen year old Evan was just like, "It's all a scam. Like nothing is real. Everyone's out to get me." <laughs> I didn't know that until just now that you oh, couldn't really? go to one McDonald's and win them all. No, no. Why oh. would they do it that way? Well, I mean, I just thought that some of them were really rare, you know. No, no. But no, wow. Certain numbers were only, or only certain pieces are only found in certain I mean, locations. I don't know. I, didn't, I haven't done that much research into it. I could be completely wrong, but I've heard it a couple times. Wow. But anyway, uh, so we did House of Dragon, Pokemon Go, and McDonald's Monopoly. Okay, cool. So now we can talk about what you did this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was a that was a hell of a transition of an intro. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been reading the second in the Forerunner series, the Vardoger Boy, which that series has really picked up. The first one was good. The second one is really good. I like it a lot. It's very different. I kind of thought we were just going to follow the main character who's a boy, and you do. But it's like you get to hear about his whole family, and there's like a lot more intricacies in the storyline going on. And one of them is like going into large-scale warfare, and the author's doing a really good job with strategy and just portraying that and you know how i'm a sucker for that so i'm really into it you love the tactics i love the tactics yeah and like the chaos of like where you get to see the kind of thousand foot like eagle eye view of like this guy's these people are flanking and the cavalry and you kind of zoom into just the mayhem and chaos and just like oh man i really enjoy reading reading about that and then um probably about 70 pages or so from ending all um Court of Thorns and Roses. Court of Thorns and Roses. Akatar. Akatar. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give it a little bit of a pause here because I know that if you're listening right now, you want to hear me ask Chad about this, but I'll do you one better, folks. 
uh chad <laughs> and i have decided we're just gonna recap all five akatar books it. we're just gonna do it uh, i read those books like less than a year ago so i'm not gonna reread them <laughs> but we are gonna do full synopses um i'll catch myself up on them i, I still remember quite a bit of what was going on but this is chad's first time Crab. yeah like this is chad's first time reading them the synopsis is going to be enough for me to refresh my memory so we can have good conversations about the books i'm so excited well we had such a good conversation about them the other day we were like wow that should just <laughs> have been of. a podcast episode and so yeah. we're just gonna do that let's just do and it And i've got things to say so i'm really stoked to do it uh, I'm so tempted to talk to you about it right now, but we can save oh, it for yeah. an episode. It's going to be good. Yeah, It's juicy. I like it a lot. I'll, I'll say that much. It's so different than anything I've read. Like you nailed it when you were like, I was even listening to the episode the other day and just had to pause and just laugh because you're like, what Sarah J. Moss, Mass, Mass or Moss? Oh, it's Moss. Get the Moss. Get it, okay. get it right. What Sarah J. Moss cares about, you said to me, is so different than what I care about. <laughs> and I was like, ah. <laughs> so funny because there's but so many times that i'm like oh she's gonna tell it. me about this and then she doesn't yeah. at all and i'm like oh evan was so right but then someone walks into a room and you're just like what are they doing yeah. here oh my god yeah the drama man the, the, yeah and the, the fact it's so dialogue heavy doesn't even bother me at all oh not at all no. like it's very good and spicy yeah it's spicy it's oh you don't even spicy. know oh you don't even know okay stop stop we're gonna we're <laughs> okay, gonna get okay. into this uh anything else anything else you've been reading um let's see here um i've read just kind the... of focusing in on stuff yeah, I've read the first. Um, I've been flirting a little bit more with Lost Years of Merlin, just kind of like as my go to sleeper, yeah. which has been delightful. Have you started then, Kingdom of Copper yet? Yeah, I've read like the first chapter. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then I'm I was right like, I shouldn't you. read any more of this. Yeah, that's a beautiful book. Yeah, like the cover. Yeah, it's like cool, greenish blue. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's really cool. It's gorgeous. Yeah, and you finished um, City of Brass, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, I'm excited um, to talk to you about that. Yeah, I guess we could segue into what I did. Yeah, let's see. Is there anything else that I'm missing out? Yeah. I don't think so. Pretty much okay. just that. Yeah, let's see. So went on. I went on like a little mini vacation to Sun River, Oregon, but I really ignored everybody and just sat <laughs> on the back porch reading the entire time. You. I mean, I knew everyone involved, but like not really like that well. And I was I was a part of things, you know. But it was a big house full of introverts, and you know, I hung out at night and we were doing stuff. But during the day, I was sitting there reading. So I finished City of Brass. I read pretty much all of it while I was there. <laughs> and okay, real fast before you go on, was everyone like doing group activities or were they just uh, kind not, of doing their own thing? Everyone was doing like um, separate group activities. So like a few okay. people went to the river. Some people went to like this oh, you know, the perfect. High Desert Museum kind of. And then I was involved in some stuff, but I think everybody was kind of like been to the High Desert Museum, right? And I mean, like, like everybody was kind of like uh, Evans. Evans just out there doing that. And I kind of explained too. I was just like, I I'm read. I have to read. I have to finish these books you know sorry it's like what like, i do guys it's like a yeah. job but yeah i finished city of brass in basically like two sittings shocker Bordy can write man she can like, write. i will say i mean we're gonna have a whole episode on this but damn like just atmosphere alone oh, <laughs> oh my yeah, god the pictures <laughs> like, that are painted are like wow yeah majestic um and then i also finished uh the colorado kid by stephen king which was like and? meh it was all right. okay it was okay i've now read all of his cold case files um which are his like little like mystery novels um mm. so he's got joyland and later and the colorado kid and i liked joyland and later quite a bit they're really good colorado kid was okay it was just like nah it was like mm. a story about stories which is like uh -oh. ooh, uh and it was like <laughs> it's a story it's about not how the like, illustrated man get out i of don't here. know it was just it was about how like 
I'm not I'm not trying to spoil anything, but it was just he was kind of like some things can never be solved. <laughs> but I don't know, whatever. It was fine. Uh, I just needed to get a Stephen King book done this this uh, this month. I've read like 13 books this month. Wow, pretty wild. Uh, oh, also, let me interrupt you real fast. I read yeah. like half of the Illustrated Man. <laughs> oh yeah, it's really yeah, good. I just picked it up. It's so good. Yeah, I, oh, man, the intro is so cool. I know, and like just the way it's around his like, ah, oh, it's just wonderful. I love it. Anyway, sorry to cut you off. No, you're fine. Uh, I'm reading another Galatea book. Ooh, tell I me love about that it. app so much. It's so cool. Um, it's called Silent Embrace. Let me set the Ghost scene here love. for you. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to set the scene for you, okay. Chad. Um, so 10, 10 girls are chosen, and they're put into a contest called The Running. And in The Running, they're being chased by, um, like, to the death, by mm-hmm. or or to the um, uh, mating or or whatever uh okay by by shapeshifters oh um, so yeah Did and they, like, the rules are here or was it no like... they're picked uh so okay. it's basically the hunger games i'm just gonna it, it even <laughs> I says that. i know it even says it reads like you know like the main character like wakes up and they're just like ah you're chosen for this thing and she's like no is it uh, like someone else gets chosen and she's like actually no it wasn't I that volunteer. no okay, uh, cool. that would have been pretty cool though yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but it is uh it is pretty cool the idea of um instead of like a battle royale situation it's just like these hot shapeshifters running after you <laughs> i love these books so much they're so much fun and the, I mean, if the you writing is really cool would you be ugly? no no way i don't know yeah. i look way different than i look right now <laughs> oh you're beautiful uh but i like the uh so far i'm like a third of the way through the book um and the author's done a really good job at kind of uh setting the rules for everything which is mm-hmm. always nice in a book like this when you know there's a there's a premise that's kind of presented to you and you're like that's interesting um, I need to know more about this so that I understand the consequences when these rules get broken. And she does a really good job at like, um, like kind of creating that, which is like really important for this kind of scenario. Totally. You know, Squid Games did a good job of that. Yeah, like those kinds of contest things. It's always nice when you kind of build up what needs to happen or what can't happen. So, um, yeah, it's good so far. You know, it's a little, it's a little spicy, a little fun. Ah, I'm so stuck. How long is it? I don't know. It's like thirty chapters or something. They're okay. they're long books. <laughs> like when wow. I when I do like the Galatea books thing, it's like I'm not just reading, you know, a, a thirty page like whatever. Smut the thirty story. chapters is yeah. I got to read like neat. a whole book. <laughs> uh, I'm still reading the Star Wars books. Uh, I'm kind of I put Dark Force Rising a little bit on the back burner uh, along with the series of unfortunate events books just because like I was kind of focusing on City of Brass and this Galatea book that I'm reading. And uh, another book that I just started today, uh, Babel or Babel. I don't know. I don't know what. It's a new RF Kuang book. Oh. And it is so freaking good already, dude. Like it is. Okay. So it's another kind of one of those things where kind of like with uh, the House of the Dragon and Pokemon Go and stuff where you kind of get that feeling. You can just feel it in the atmosphere that Mm -hmm. something really cool is happening and i i had a feeling it was going to be good and everybody was really excited about it and i read it for about five minutes and i thought okay this is probably going to be one of the best things i've read this whole year really i'm only like three chapters in so don't quote me i could be getting like way overzealous oh my god dude like rf kuang is such an amazing writer it's it's wild it's so come out like five days ago yeah it's really good do you have the hardcover yeah but nice. i don't know, I emailed them and i was like hey can i please have a copy of this book and they were like sure what's your what? address 
and then I sent them my address, and then they never sent me a reply email, and I never got the book. So I just, oh. I was just like, fine, I'll just buy it. Good and if for I you. get You're it, just asking for it though, I yeah, love that. I mean, if I get it in hardcover, or maybe we'll do like a Patreon giveaway or something like that, mm. um, which I'd, I'd be fine with. But um, I didn't read the Dust Jacket. I didn't read anything. I don't even really know what it's about yet. But it's set in like early 19th century London. And I think the whole book kind of revolves around language. I think that's a big part of the book, at least from what yeah. I can tell so far. It's been a Makes lot of what they've been the talking about. Babel. Right. It's about language. The, I think the magic system is based around silver. Huh. I don't know, man. It's, it is just, yeah, I'm really excited to be reading that. I'm probably going to finish it pretty soon. We have a lot of work to do this week on the podcast and stuff, and we have interviews, and I have, I have a big, giant workload on my plate. But we got a lot, I, people. We we have a lot of stuff coming for you, everybody. But it might be hindered just a little bit because I think I'm reading one of the best books to come out in the last couple of years. <laughs> and I knew going in, I even thought I put it on my TBR shelf, and I was like, Evan, you and Chad have so many things to do this week. You're a busy little bee. You're buzz buzzing around. Buzz maybe buzzing maybe around. buzz. Don't buzz so close to Babel right now. For the best honey. And ever. then I I picked it up and I look. I, I read the first page and I was just like. Ah, damn it. Okay. It's so like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> it buzzed right into place. Um, but I don't know. I don't, hey, there I don't, are worse problems to have. Yeah. Like, I'll never regret reading a good book. Right. I mean, if it gets no. in the way of me being productive, it's, it's just part of the whole of what we're doing here. So I don't know. Really you need mind. something to keep you sane. Right. If you're going to work so extra good. hard, you might as well have something extra good to, and juicy and wonderful on the, uh, when you can relax. And you know that feeling when you're reading something and you feel so, it's like this, you feel so confident with the author like you're so um i'm in good hands that's a perfect way of putting it like i'm in good hands like you can feel how confident and passionate the author is about what they're writing and it's coming through to you reading it and you know you know i've got something really special here and you're there's like the anticipation like what do they have in store for me like what do they plan yeah. like, why is everyone so excited about this the most similar thing that i can think of is like a public speaker because people don't want to see a public speaker at least live fail right it's really uncomfortable you're sitting there and your butthole is just like puckering the whole time it's like come on man pull up pull up and it's like when you are with someone who's like a graceful just really good public speaker you're like okay right we can just sit back and enjoy i'm in good hands this person's not going to make a fool of themselves which we will make all of us uncomfortable you know right and there's a lot of authors that are able to do that like it's not like this super rare thing but i think it's very few authors that can do it so quickly into a book like in the first Five couple pages, pages is... like uh, like Abercrombie is really good at that. Like the, for yeah. a few pages into the blade itself, you're in. Like uh, Fonda Lee did a really good job with that with Jade yeah. City. You know, like the the setting, the the restaurant scene at the beginning of Jade City, like the anticipation, the build up, and the release, and then the introduction of new characters and stuff. It's just you were pulled right in, and there's like a certain uh, consistency of confidence in yeah. in the presentation of some books where you're just so oh man and babel just has that already i can just feel it and it, and it could be personal preference but you can tell by a lot of the kind of like public sentiment at least in the book talk and bookstagram kind of sphere that people are really genuinely excited about this kind of hyped to read it oh i think you'd love it like and then there's this other book that i just picked up and it's called the first binding okay have you heard of it um no it sounds really familiar okay it's giving me like major major like like 2007 name of the wind hype you know really? like the way that people are talking about this book it seems like this is like the next big one this is the next one like this is like the the one that the everyone's first gonna binding right rr verdi yeah check out the cover yeah like heavy endorsement from a bunch of different authors big giant endorsement from jim butcher on the front cover 
oh, this is giving me names. <laughs> right, I know. I don't know. Sure. Right, and it's oh, like this man. big, fat book. It's this big, giant book, and it's just it's got this mystique around it. I haven't read a single word. I don't even know what it's about. Oh, but, it really does. But it just kind of popped up out of nowhere, and everybody was really excited about it. It's just giving me that same vibe. So after I'm done with, with oh, Babel or Babel. Oh, it's delicious. Dude. Right, this I know, I know. Great. I want, we should you read it together, maybe. By the way. Yeah, we should. Maybe we should read it together. First binding. All legends are born of truth. Don't read the. Don't read anything lies. about it. We should just read it together. It'd be so. Oh, fun. this is great, dude. This is yeah. really uh, has name of the windy vibes. I don't know what it was about it. I just saw the cover and I just thought it looks like um like maybe the because you've seen like the original cover of Name of the Wind, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of got that same. I don't know. I'm so excited about it. You should be. This looks great. I'm really excited about it. I'm going to read this for sure. I don't even know if it's going to be anything like Name of the Wind, but I mean, it looks really cool. So yeah, if you're listening right now, uh, go check out The First Binding. And definitely, if you haven't bought it already, um, just go pay full price for Babel if you have the means. Like it's, you know, get it from your library, get it, you know, wherever. But like Babel's cool. It's really cool. It's worth the hype. It's super. It just went into my phone. Um, Then other than that, yeah, I haven't really, I've just been reading. Yeah. I mean, doing some writing, um, doing... Yeah, that that little mini vacation really kind of like I got a lot of reading done, but I didn't really get much of a, anything else done. Um, but it's fine. That's okay. A lot That's of reading is good. I actually outlined a book uh, this week. I don't know if I'm gonna write it, but it's a really cool story. Go for it, man. Just write it. I might. I might. I got really hyped about it. I was gonna give it to you, but I might write it. Oh, don't give it to me. Yeah, I other, got ideas. You, other, yeah, you got tons of ideas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I got kind of hyped about it. I just like had an idea, and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna write something, and then I was just like, I'm like outline, and then. It like bloomed. Yeah, I bet that was really fun, right? It was really fun. Yeah, dude, just go for it. Just seriously, go for it. Don't even don't don't. uh, I don't. Do you want some unsolicited advice? Yes. Okay. So now it's asking for solicited. Okay. (laughs) Don't worry about what how it reads. Like, don't worry about it. Don't try and do it. Don't try and make it read like Patrick Rothfuss. Don't try and make it read like Josiah Bancroft. Don't get bogged down in trying to be clever with your with your language and shit. Okay. Just get it out. Just type it the way you talk if you have to. You can always okay. go back and clean up sentences. You can always go back and clean up clunky language. But if you start analyzing the flow of the sentences and the mm. line by line and the prose and stuff, you're gonna you're just you're gonna get like two hundred like words work. in. It's gonna be a total pain in the ass. Like and I know you. And I know totally. that you're gonna spend and it's cool that you would spend three hours on one sentence. <laughs> but do it when the draft is done. You okay. know what I mean? Like get to get to an ending where you're not even really satisfied with it or whatever, but just get to an ending and then you can clean it up later, clean it up in post. You're going to rewrite okay. it anyway. I'm not, you know, yeah, no, just, that's really good. Advice. Have, have fun with it, make it fun first and then you can make it work. You know, dude, that's really, really good advice actually. Cause I've definitely turned hobbies into, I mean, I'm unpublished, but <laughs> oh, you're a great writer though. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Um, yeah, I've turned hobbies into uh, jobs before and have ruined them. Like, you know, I've, done martial arts for the last like 10 years and for two of those years I, I was coaching and i just had to stop because it was like ruining my hobby well i mean with at least with as far as i've learned which i still have a long road ahead of me but i mean it is a craft like if you want something that you're proud of you can't just like throw a bunch of shit at the wall and just be right. like ta-da it's done i had fun with it but i think that more of the process can be fun than you think it can you know what I mean? Like, yes. It's, and you can tell, like you said, like when you're in good hands, like you can tell when an author's having fun with their book, kind of, you know, it's reflected in the writing almost. I mean, um, I've, I've banged my head against the keyboard and been really frustrated and gotten two sentences out in two hours. 
Um, and I've also flown through multiple scenes and written 6,000 words in a sitting. And I can't tell the difference between the quality. <clears throat> maybe my head, my, maybe my face is too close to it. But um, I think that the part of any kind of writing session where the most ideas are coming seems to be the parts where I'm just kind of letting things happen, getting lost in the, in the description for something. Even if I feel like I'm over describing something, even if you feel like you're going off in tangents, which I like you stuck on one little eddy. You know, what's interesting, though, is like I used to try to avoid doing that. I used to try to stay as focused as I possibly could and not go on tangents and not let people's like kind of like inner dialogue um, or like a wander. But I, through a lot of my own reading of a lot of different books, that kind of happens anyway. And it you don't it's fine. It'll just be like, OK, so you're you got your character walking down an alleyway or something to go meet somebody. Right. You can have like 10 pages of like a flashback or something if you want to like right there and then start a conversation with somebody fuck it dude like who cares like just and if you go back into your draft later and you don't want to do that anymore you can take that inner dialogue flashbacky kind of thing and and move it somewhere else you know or you can rework it into another conversation but it's there it's 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 better to have it there than to get kind of like insecure about it and just be like why would it be there it's stupid and then just it just gets lost in the ether you know and it's never down at all right it's like better to get it out and ride that wave than perfect the little bit of it that you have like already out you know kind of like um i really like the concept of where a story is like pulled from you you know as opposed to you're like thinking of it it's just like no man it just like came from me you know I think what people, at least what I, my experience with that, because that has happened to me. And I think, I don't want to speak for every writer, but I think that when people say that, I think what they mean is that <clears throat> they've started with something that's really interesting to them, that's working. And then they've allowed for different things to come up and they just kind of go with it. It's, it's like improvising a guitar solo or like, you know what I mean? You're just kind of like letting it happen. And some parts of them are weird and you might hit a wrong note every now and then. And it's, there's a lot of ups and downs to it. You know, there's like, so I've got scenes and some of the stuff that I've worked on where there's whole paragraphs that I'm really excited about. And there's a lot of meat on that bone. Um, and then the next paragraph is really clunky and really dumb and not, it doesn't line up with anything I was writing really. Um, but there might be one or two things in there that are worth something. And then the next paragraph is really strong and something cool happens and something relevant happens. And, and then the next paragraph is like, why would he just like randomly pick that up? Like, it's so dumb. Like he didn't even do anything with it. Why would I, Oh, like that's like the third time I've had somebody scratch their eyebrow. Like, why did they do that? You know, but in the moment it's fine. It's all flowing out. You can do it. You can do it, dude. Yeah, I think I just like was fine. I was like, I wonder where I stored those notes. And I was looking and I wrote 15 pages of an outline. Yeah, a bigger outline than I've ever written. <laughs> yeah, well, I just I mean, it's like it's all over the place, but it's uh, just yeah. like talking about like like half of it's like world building and half of it's story and just ridiculousness. But it's cool, dude. And don't be don't be afraid to write um, in, a, in a nonlinear way. Like you don't have to start at the oh. first scene and then just work your way to the end. Like you could write the ending, write whatever scene you're excited about. Hmm. I've done that with poetry before. Is wrote the end and then wrote backwards, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Like if there's a scene that you're really excited about where you're just like, this would be so cool if this happened, write it. And then just keep it. You just keep it on your computer. I have like multiple different files of multiple different scenes for different books that are just littered around my computer. I'll just write out a scene that I think is really cool 
and then I don't even have it connected to anything else, but it's the same characters. And I'll just figure right. out a way to put it in later. Huh. What know? was the, we were having a similar conversation. I don't think it was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. It was really good advice that I liked a lot. That was like, take a, like, a card or something 15 cards and write out 15 scenes then connect them or something what was that piece of advice that was really good i think it was from david lynch because we were talking about twin peaks and yeah <laughs> like david lynch said something like if you want to write a screenplay i was going to do a david lynch impression but i'm not going <laughs> to get 15 cards <laughs> 50 50 note cards and write a scene on each note card hmm. you know um i've tried the note card thing okay. the note card thing is difficult for me um it feels like i've got too much in my hands yeah, um, this it is weird. Worky to combine it all together. I mean, everybody's got their own different things. What seems to work pretty well for me is I write a one sheet. I try to get everything that happens in the book on one piece of paper, even if it's not very detailed, because then I can kind of it's just it's all there, and then I can cross scenes off, and then if I want, I can use another piece of paper for that particular scene and do like another one sheet mm. for that scene. But I like I like looking at the whole thing. Because it makes it look a lot less intimidating. It's like, there's a beginning. Here's a bunch of shit in the middle. There's the ending. That's what I'm working for. And then the things that come up organically come up organically, and I can work those in or take out things that I thought were going to work and aren't going to. But it's still, <laughs> man, it's so it's so funny because, you know, I'll have everything written down for this for this particular book that I'm working on that I'm in my this is my third round of revisions. And I'm about ready to get it out to beta readers, which is very nerve-wracking. And I'm really proud of it. I think it's really cool. And I've reworked the ending a couple times. I know what it's about. I know where it's going. I know what these characters want, what they need. I know a lot of different resolutions and, and paths that people are going to go down. But it's still just like... <laughs> like There's like these empty, giant spots where none of this makes any sense. You know, At least like I think it doesn't make any sense. It's just I need more eyes. You're probably on it. too close to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I've but, read of it is really good, but it hasn't been very much. And then yeah, you told me to new... stop reading it because you wrote another version of it. And you're like, oh no, that one's crap. Don't read anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not done with that revision. <laughs> it's so, it's so fun. It's like it, what a what a what a weird craft. You know, it's like mm -hmm. it's so fun, but it's so incredibly daunting. But it's only daunting in your brain because the second you start doing it, it's awesome. It's right. so much fun and it's so satisfying and fulfilling, even when it's really frustrating. Totally. You can't think about it as a whole thing. Like, I can't sit down and be like, I'm going to make an entire rap song. Like, no, I need to just like write a verse, like write eight bars and then write eight more. And before you know it, you have like 64 and you're like, okay, I actually need to cut some of these down. I've outwritten the right. beat. Yeah. It's a very rewarding and frustrating craft. And I 100% I encourage you. Just, just, just have fun with it, man. Like, like, yeah, like, don't go into it like, oh, uh, like, I'm going to write this book and get published tomorrow and it's going to be this super cool thing. And I mean, yeah, that'd be really I do awesome. I not have that in my brain. <laughs> but, dude, honestly, I mean, you love reading so much. So it's almost like it's it's like reading a book that nobody's ever read before. Ooh. Like, that's the way I like looking at it. That's real. You know? that, was, that was a cool, like, someone should write that down and quote you. <laughs> like, oh, good. Writing that, a book is like reading a book you've never read before. Yeah, or that nobody's read before. It's your own personal thing. And what's cool about the revising process is that I look at it as, you know, because I, I did this for Angie Kills a King, which I think it's not, I don't know if that's the actual title of it, but like um, for this 
book that I've got pretty much it's 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 there you know what i mean it's it's there i'm gonna finish it and i'm gonna get it out um i don't know when but for that book um the first draft of it was trash like it was really i did it for nanowrimo and it was just i don't even the ending was just (laughs) so cobbled together um and then my second revision um i was a little bit more proud of it and, but it was still just like, this is such a mess. I don't even, and now this one, I'm kind of looking at it like, what if this was a really, what if this was a book that I didn't like very much and I'm fixing it? Oh, you're like making it better. Yeah. Oh, like, interesting. Cause you are really good at, like, at that. There's been so many books that you and I have read that you're like, wouldn't it be better if like these two characters were one character? And I'm like, oh, I've never thought of that, but yes, it would be. Well, and like the author of the, the, whatever book I'm making that critique about probably has their own reasons that I'm not seeing or whatever. But right. it is like, but it is like, I always say like, if you know, I think Stephen King said it best. Like if you want to, if you want to be a writer, you have to read, you have to read a lot and you have to write a lot. Um, I think you could get away with writing some pretty cool books, having not read very many books. I'm sure. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it would be hard to write a song without hearing one though. Yeah. I mean, you can do it. Um, and I wouldn't tell any, I wouldn't presume to tell anybody, um, how to do, how to write. Uh, cause like, I'm still figuring it out. You know, it's really difficult. Totally. Um, and there's a million ways to skin that cat. Yeah. And like, I mean, um, the, the actual putting words down is not necessarily, it's not really the, the difficult part for me really. Uh, the, and I think maybe you'll find this out. And if you're listening to, and you're writing a lot, you might be able to, um, sympathize with this, but I found like the the most difficult thing for me has been um, like character, uh, like continuity and motivation, Mm. Uh, like like consistency, you know, but while like, like, like growth while maintaining consistency. um, It's so difficult. Yeah, it's really rough. It's like really. um, And then like, Like, I'm writing a person that's the same, but he's also like growing. And so they're changing and it's like, but they're the same. It's like, yeah. And like maintaining a certain amount of like, um, like symmetry is difficult yeah, and like word. like calling things back to from the beginning toward the end to um kind of like resolve and and be relevant you know like that kind of like check checkoff's gun rule it's it's really hard because you want to have like yeah. a, the goal is to have like this this airtight story where you can't you can't take anything out and you wouldn't need to put anything in you know mm. um and it's really 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 difficult to do that because you're literally just coming up with it out of nothing you know so it's like how do you know and obviously this is way different for everybody but for me personally the the way that i've found that you can get the closest to to it being really airtight is if you start with a lot like when you start with a big volume and you carve your way down to it being airtight and you move things around and you get a bigger picture of like what you're actually working with rather than trying to make it perfect as you go you know cuz that's your first instinct right like you want to sure. write one really good opening doing scene right yeah you want to write like the perfect first paragraph that's going to really draw your character your i mean your readers in and then you want to write this amazing second chapter that really opens up the world and then this brilliant third chapter that really gets the game going and really presents the the antagonist and then this outstanding middle of the book that raises the stakes and you're just going to do it one increment by increment time until you get to this fucking after wonderful perfect. ending you know like this ending that just makes people sob and shit their pants and, like, and you're gonna do it your first time and it's like 
Yeah, no, that's probably not actually it's how not it's going to happen. Go. <laughs> like, no, you're going to write a string of totally nonsensical scenes that don't make any sense in any kind of order. Um, you're going to have characters that are flopping all around, like with different, you know, they'll have they'll have one reaction to a situation that completely contradicts contradicts a different reaction that they would have. Um, there's like no consistency between relationships. There's no consistency between the way that people um, like interact with the world that you're building, which is also inconsistent, you know, and it's <laughs> like the rules are all over the place. There's questions being asked about like literally every instance of anything that ever happens. And then you get down in the mire, you're clinging to the sides of the cliffs of despair, you know, and you're just like, I don't know why, how I got up here. This is ridiculous. I wrote myself to misery. Yeah, exactly. But you just got to fight your way through it and like really push through and just like get to an end, you know, like hmm, okay. and you'll, and maybe you'll find out like what you really wanted it to be about by the time you get to the very end of it. Right. But I don't know, man. It's so just don't, don't beat yourself up if it's not great. I'm both wildly inspired and also very terrified after that uh, talk <laughs> i think i'm venting you know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm dumping you, no 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 do it chad i'm just, just dumping on you i'm just dumping on you i'm just kidding I, i've been reading uh i've been listening avidly but my other part of my brain has been reading some of my notes this is a really good idea so. i'm sure you have some really good ideas that's pretty cool yeah. send yeah, me whatever you write <laughs> i will um, we need to do a fictional fun fact. Are you good oh, for a yeah. fictional? I rambled for uh, so long. Do you have anything no, else you want to talk about? It was very about? good ramblings, and I learned. Um, no, I want to hear your fun fact. Okay, cool. Did I do yeah, this fun fact? Maybe. Oh yeah, I have it. Oh uh, okay. yeah, it's your fun fact. Oh, this is a really good one. Okay, cool. Okay, okay. There is an Icelandic tradition called Yola Buck Flood. Ooh, uh, nice Yola Yola Boka Flood. That's what it is. Yola, Yola Boka Flood. Yola Boka Flood. Yola Boka Flood. Uh, where books are exchanged as Christmas Eve presents, Ooh. and then the rest of the night they spend reading them and eating chocolate. <gasps> what? Which sounds like that's the coolest wild... tradition ever. And that's my new tradition. We should celebrate that together. Dude, Yellow Book of Flood. We're doing that. Let's do it. Dude. I mean, that's... I'm going to buy you books for your birthday and for Christmas. Oh, yes. Because your yes. birthday is coming up in like it two months. It is in months. October. Yeah, end of October. Yellow Book. Dude, that's a great idea. Because mm -hmm. I have the tradition with my family and i'm sure this is probably a lot of families um where we get to pick one gift and lots of times yeah. my parents would like direct us a little bit they'd be like you're gonna really like that one because it would be something that we could all do like a board game or a video game that we could like all do together and like spend the rest of the evening doing but like a book is like the coolest version of that i don't think i've ever really I don't, i've never i've done that with some f like friends and like roommates where we all just are reading but i've never done that with like my family yeah me neither Everybody's we, just um, reading together. My mom used to read books to us all. Like we read, she read us the entire Lord of the Rings books out loud. Whoa, really? Yeah, we yeah we just all that's sit an in the undertaking. Like even like up until the point, like not even as like young kids. Like I was like seventeen, and we would like my mom would read us books. Wow, that's really yeah. really cool. I don't think that many just, people would like, say that. That's <laughs> that, yeah. Looking yeah. back, it's like that is weird. <laughs> But at the time, it was not. You know? How was she at the voices and the narration and stuff? She didn't. She was very, she's a very good reader out loud in that she stays in her lane. She will not go so crazy with the voice that it's like unbelievable. Right. But she does change it. Like you can tell when she's talking as Gimli, it's Gimli. But she doesn't like, oh, her, you know, she's like, yeah, she's obviously her range, of, yeah, um, her range of her range of vocalization is not 
vast enough to be a gruff dwarf um but you she does change it enough that you know that she's talking as Gimli but not it never like pulled from the story you know it's funny like I always associate books and Christmas together I don't know what I mean I associate books with all kinds of things but it's like cozy yeah like I, I mean I feel like Christmas is at least for in my in my own personal experience Christmas has always been a time of kind of like like relaxation mm-hmm. at least the day <laughs> like the the week like leading up to Christmas is kind of a clusterfuck but always. Um, I remember when I was like I was like 23 or 24 it was like my first Christmas where I was going to see my family after not having seen them for a couple of years and it was like my first Christmas as like a adult adult where like i was like i was like yeah i was like bringing a bottle of wine i had to bring some gifts for some of the kids that were younger than me and like i was like i was like an uncle at christmas you know what i mean isn't that weird (laughs) yeah and i remember like the few days leading up to it i was just like i am so stressed out right now like like i can't even imagine how stressed out my parents were in the because i remember thinking i guess as a kid like man my parents are pissed off right now it's like christmas why is everyone so mad oh it's kind of like when um when my dad would drive like a long distance or something we'd be on like a trip or something and we get to where we were going and he would like immediately just sit down and just be like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. Really and then I would be like, let's go do let's go. I'm Adventure. down. Like we're at the place we wanted to go. Like, let's go hang out. And he'd be like, I need like an hour to I'm so tired. I just spent four hours driving. And in my head, I was just like, man, come on. Like you wimp. Like, why aren't you? You just sat down. I was sitting right next to you the whole time, you know, but I didn't understand driving for four hours straight will like really take it out of you. Oh, yeah. You know, you have to get a little older where you realize that and it's the same thing with the holidays in general you know like thanksgiving christmas like in your case like hanukkah you know it's like mm-hmm. there's there's all this stress and like expectation that's always around it just for like from your family and your community and and we always have people over like we have like a not a huge house or anything but it's got a really big dining room and because we built it and one of the things my mother wanted was a really large dining room so all the family came to our house it's like the preparation for that meal of like yeah. 16 people like timing oh it all right yeah that is a yeah. lot of work they're gonna tell you a christmas story morning uh christmas morning story yeah it's just wild it's not that wild but uh so okay so i go outside <laughs> buckle up <laughs> buckle up dude christmas this is story. crazy all right let's hear it okay so i go outside it's like a perfect christmas morning like it's like really early my grandpa was in town we always tried to like get up early to be like the first kid to hang out with my grandpa when he was visiting because he was really cool and told good stories you wanted like alone time with grandpa and i like beat him awake one time he was like still upstairs probably like wrapping gifts or something and so i get my cocoa and i go out back we have this big old pond and i was just standing there and the pond's frozen over and it's just like picturesque perfect like crystals in the air and a neighbor that lives like kind of like behind our house like off to the side comes around and starts like talking to me we're having a conversation and he has one really big dog and one little tiny dog and the big dog goes crashing into the pond breaking the ice the little dog goes running in after it the big dog has no problem like going in but the the little dog slips and falls like in the middle of the pond into the hole created by the big dog and like goes under oh like between the water I mean, not yeah, between, and not like under the ice yeah. yeah under the ice and it can't it like pops up a couple times but it can't get out yeah oh you know? i see what you're saying yeah, yeah yeah and then it like disappears entirely because it like disappeared under the ice and this guy freaks out like we go from super corny uh, like 
perfect, quiet, calm, picturesque morning to absolute panic mode. <laughs> this guy, for some reason, takes off all of his clothes except for boxers and okay. dives into the pond. <laughs> and it's like iced over, but like not enough to like support a human. Like he's like yeah. crashing through the ice and it's, you know, <laughs> chest deep. And he is trying to find this dog. And I'm just like standing here like slack jawed. And his <laughs> wife comes running out and is freaking out. Like just going insane and he like pops up and he's like put on some hot water start boiling water and she's like oh my god she's like yelling at him to get the dog and he's like you're not being helpful i'm freezing to death like <laughs> i don't know why he wanted water boiled because like what was he gonna do I don't, dump it on himself i don't know like that seems like a weird request but he said to boil water and so she like but she won't leave she's just like screaming and he finally like gets the dog out and and then they don't like say anything to me because like he's obviously like yeah this is a situation you're this is way bigger than you oh yeah so i'm just standing here same position and like the water is like all rippling as they go like running off with their two dogs and he's like freezing (laughs) i was just like huh i like that right back inside yeah i just went back inside (laughs) it just went from so perfect to utter Absolute chaos, chaos. So it makes sense that he would take off all his clothes i think you're supposed to do that i think so but yeah. like you know his house is right there you know? <laughs> right yeah it's like but i think that's a um i could be super wrong about this but i think that if you're diving into i think you want to do that because like uh, if all of your clothes are on um it'll make it like harder for you to to move around like, yeah maneuver it's probably but, also know, better still. for like if you can't if you don't have access to fresh clothes, it's like you're going to be like freezing to death. Gone, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think probably for multiple reasons, you're correct. But I remember thinking it kind of odd. All right. We've been at this for a little while. I think we can wrap it up here. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Monday Morning Minute. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Don't work too hard today. It's just Monday. It's just another day. You're doing a great job already. You just you got up. You got out of bed. Enjoy your day. Yeah. Don't you know, Just take it easy out there. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.